hello and welcome to episode 12 of the Soundcast this season. Myself, Glenn Price, and I'm joined to discuss a Shrewsbury Town win and progress in the Cup, Ollie. So yeah, welcome to the pod again, Ollie. Hey, hey man, how you doing? Yeah, it's nice to win, nice to have some goals, um, some some things to get excited about. Um, yeah, it was nice. It was a very different kind of atmosphere, wasn't there? And for me personally, anyway, going into this game, um, yeah, it was nice and yeah, it was enjoyable to see Shrewsbury Town win. Yeah, I think you can you can leave some of the the stuff we've talked about the last few weeks at the door this week, can't you? In yeah. the FA Cup, you know, it's the the context of what we've discussed over the last two podcasts about Sam Ricketts' tenure and and how the fans are reacting is is not gone away. But at the end of the day, we are all Shrewsbury Town fans, and the one thing we need, and and actually, I say the one thing we want and actually really need as a football club is a good cup run, some money coming through the coffers, and and potentially you know a TV game down the line because that's the sort of thing that in this COVID situation it, it could save some football clubs, couldn't it? So yeah, we we do need to kind of keep in the hat at the moment don't we yeah and it's a, and yeah I, I always say it can be a distraction and it is going to be more yeah. um, more miles on the legs and all that kind of stuff um, but I think um, in Covid um, yeah the, the that 25k that we got for winning that game um, it's yep. you know a five a five figure sum and it's it's, it's definitely going to help the coffers it's funny you talk about miles in the legs, just as a, an unusual tangent right up front. I was watching some of the um, the FA Cup ties on the BBC today, and, and I didn't realise quite the disparity between the football league teams and how many games they played this season and the non-league teams. Like, yeah. Barnet played Burton. Burton had played 16 games this season, and Barnet have only played six. There's yeah. something weird about that, isn't it, really, the way yeah. this season's gone? But there wasn't that many cup shocks at the end of the day, so I don't don't quite know what to make of it. Yeah, non-league is fine. Then also, actually, I've, you, you mentioned something like, I thought you were going to say something else when you mentioned oh. the BBC games. Did you watch the Doncaster game? No, I didn't know. No. Oh, well, yeah, it's, um, it's funny, I was having a chat with Andy Pooley on Twitter, and he, he asked if I'd watch that game, and yeah, it's fair to say Doncaster looked like they're playing a different league. <laughs> it was um, very sharp, quick... Oh, uh, the players look lean, um, so yeah, it was interesting. Was Faye playing? Yeah, he was. Yeah, did he look good? Yeah, yeah he did. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, that's disappointing. There we go. Yeah. Well, anyway, we can park our own troubles we at the can. door today, and um, yeah, we will move on now to uh, Shrewsbury's first trip to Cambridge since Histon, and it went significantly better. Flicked on, falls to Cummings. He's got away from Lovren, and he scored. The substitute's done it again. Jason Cummings has two. So, Shrewsbury Town won 2-0, Glenn. Two goals. Crazy, Hooray. eh? Hooray. <laughs> so, we scored two goals, um, both in the second half. Um, Daniel scored and Walker scored. Um, and, yeah, we're doing all right in the FA Cup. Yeah, well, yeah, you, can, you can't argue with getting through the first round, can you? And, yeah, you say, I think you're alluding to my stat I've put there. And it, it is interesting, really, because as a, as a kid growing up and sort of through the you know early 90s into the 2000s, the FA Cup was always something I absolutely loved. And we, we just generally really struggled to get out of the first round, particularly when we were in League Two and we were one of the smaller teams. But this is now the seventh season in a row we've got past the first round, which is impressive to be fair it doesn't sound like it's very good but for the for the seven times before that to get past the first round it occurred over the 22 seasons before that so in seven seasons we've gone through seven times and then for the other seven before that 22 seasons it occurred in so you know we, we take away rickets and every manager and, and what the football club is in terms of how it's moved forward and I think that um the stature of the football club and, and the league one position we've got and how you know we've got a higher quality of player than we would have done when we were sloshing around league two it does kind of in some respects bear itself out in in the fact that we're now having a much better a time of it in the FA Cup and also a similar sort of situation in the League Cup as well actually so I think our cup performances have certainly been something to, to be impressed about over the last few seasons and, and it's always a bit of fun isn't it and you know those, those stats bear it out don't they yeah they do you obviously have to win a few games just before you get the glamour ties yes but yeah we've seen off some good sides in the last few years haven't we 
Um, obviously, it's the Salford one comes to mind. And it was quite funny, actually. I was chatting to the, the guy who does a Doncaster blog and he was getting upset because BBC only talked about the the Manchester United, you know, the mm. Long League Manchester United side. Oh, yeah, um, and they United. made mistakes about them. And I, yeah, it reminded me when Speedy Sport called us Macclesfield um, when we had the replay <laughs> against Salford, um, which yeah. he went to. Yes, so, I did. Yeah. Good night. It's, it's, yeah, you're right. It's a reflection, isn't it, of us being a, a well-established League One side. Um, and yeah, we got a bit of a cut pedigree which is also which is good it is and some you know some big results as well so teams don't want to play us so yeah hopefully we'll one more round get through and we'll be thinking about what goes on but um in in terms of just before we get into the team Ollie, you know we we should just give the context obviously we did two pods last week um after disappointing results um on the saturday and the tuesday and just the context of the manager, we talked about that and talked about how this could be the game to maybe maybe see him off if we'd have lost this game. It, you know, you 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 like you not like to think, but you would have thought that he would have been on even more pressure. So you know, going into this game, pressure was certainly a massive massive point, wasn't it? Yeah, it's um, it's 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 a it's a nice one, I guess. In some ways, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on the manager, yeah. and then also, I guess, this game was also a bit of like relief for him as well. Mm, yeah, I, I, well, I suppose it was. It's a distraction from the league troubles, wasn't it? But I, I still think that a result was definitely necessary going into this, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, it was good. It was good, and yeah, going into the game, I imagine it was probably a different atmosphere on the players as well. Um, <laughs> but I imagine so. Talking of players, um, what did we play? So we played a unique formation here, Glenn. Um, I think you'll <laughs> like my um, description of this. Um, so we had Harry Boyne in goal. We had High at right back. We had mm. Williams, Pierre and Walker in central defence and Daniels at left back. Um, so we were playing five across the back. Um, Edwards and Norburn were two midfielders and then we had three up front. I thought mm. that was a, I think that's a fair description of how we played. Definitely, yeah. It was, it was interesting. It was, you know, the five at the back is here again for the second game in a row, I suspect... It's here to stay, personally, I think now, is my view of that. But um, yeah, it was good to see, I suppose, Edwards back. That was the, the one thing, wasn't it, really? He had a, a reasonable sort of game, a bit metronomic, didn't do anything that stood out, and we'll get to his performance as we go through it. But good to see Edwards back after quite a long time out. And yeah, to, to see Pew and Daniels as, as sort of the wide players was exciting. You know, they've both been doing enough in their opening opening games in terms of making people kind of be a bit more interested in how we attack. And yeah, Walker at centre-back, that was, I suppose, the most interesting one, Ollie. You know, he's he's been someone we've been saying deserves to start, but I don't think we were saying, you know, in centre-back, were we? Or as much as he is good at it, yeah, he's all right there. Um, but yeah, we we want to. I want to see him in playing defensive midfield. Um, yeah, sitting role. Uh, I think it's a really, really good. As and I, as I alluded to on Twitter, um, yeah, Ram, who works for Market Insight, which is um, a, a analytical company with BN Analytics, who's quite famous for on within fans on on social media and Twitter. Um, yeah, he was saying how good Walker is and how his stats are really standing out. Um, I won't mention any names, but he did talk about a few other players after I asked. He said, yeah, they've definitely gone down. So, yeah, <laughs> the, the names that you can just think of um, are being shown in the stats. So, yeah, but then opposition, actually, I thought it was worth pointing out that um, you'd love to have two strikers of this kind of rate, Glenn. So um, Cambridge dropped their two strikers and in the league they scored 18 goals between them thank god for that god we got a bit lucky didn't we to be fair when i saw that they were both missing i thought when a manager's under pressure that's a sort of little break you need isn't it when you when you talk you know often talks about luck doesn't he ricketts but um for them both to be missing it it did take a little bit out of yeah. cambridge as far as i'm concerned i think they were tidy and we'll talk about it as we go through the game but to miss both your top men yeah not ideal and um yeah the, the opportunity was there to take advantage of that for us wasn't it yeah, definitely. Apparently, there was three of the best players missing, but to be honest, Great. I'm not sure who the third one is. But um, but one thing we do before we do start, Glenn, 
And I, yeah, you know me, I, like, I guess maybe you could say I like to moan, but man, like camera, all... camera angles do make watching these games quite difficult. They do. And this has <laughs> got, to, I think this guy's got to be the worst, or girl's got to be the worst cameraman of, of the season. Some of the zooming in was so <laughs> close, you have no idea who the player was being passed to. Um, and also the shaking as well. It was some, um, yeah, Mar- even Mark Kelly commented on it in, a, in, his, in his commentary. Yeah. Yeah, he's right too. It was almost like the guy doing the film was shivering. He was so cold or something because the camera was like literally had a minute shiver to it, didn't it? Which was quite interesting. And it it was a bit awkward to watch it on, but um, to be honest, we'll start to go through this game now. It wasn't the most exciting and interesting game to watch, anyway. Let's no. be honest. There wasn't much happened. So if you looked away from the screen and just listened to the commentary every now and again, you weren't really missing stuff. Stuff no. were you really? <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um, and the first fifteen minutes or so, I thought um, it was a. Scrappy, but both teams playing passing football if at a bit yeah. of a pedestrian pace. Um, but if you had someone had to win on the first 15 minutes on points, I'd say it was Shrewsbury. Um, we had two really good efforts, um, two for pure and quick succession. Um, and he could have, should have, yeah, could have scored, couldn't he, there, Glenn? Yeah, the one over a volley one, the sort of sort of scissor kick was yeah. quite a hard chance, wasn't it? But he did, a bit of quality to kind of even get that close to being on target. It just sort of zipped over the bar, didn't it? And the, the second one was a bit of a better chance than that, I think, where he, you probably would have thought he should have scored from that one. But yeah, I think we definitely had the best spell in the opening 50 minutes. I think that your observation um, that we're on Twitter that we were talking about was that the, the long ball football we absolutely lamented in the last few weeks had actually been sort of sent to the bins, hadn't it? You know, we yeah. were trying to play a bit more football and this new tactic maybe was the reason for that. Um, and to be fair, we, we were playing slightly better football than we have done in the league so you know it was it was not hoof it long no trebuchet football as you described it last week Holly a bit a bit more pleasing on the eye if it wasn't the most uh, expansive football at times yeah and it's it's good to see that we have those things in the locker and we're not just yeah. gonna play that one that one way um but yeah and then I think it's fair to say after that um Cambridge were on top weren't they from about 18 minutes onwards they had a succession of corners um, and that one save from Burgoyne was unbelievable. Oh, the reactions of a cat. Yeah, he like kind of down low and sort of managed to get a hand on it and put it over the bar, which is absolutely yeah. amazing, really. It was, it's unbelievable how he got it up there. It must have very strong wrists or something like that. But yeah, yeah. brilliant save. And I, I was convinced that either we or Cambridge were going to score from a corner. There were absolutely tons of corners yeah. in this game. And at times it looked like the only way any team would score was from corners because they look really dangerous on them. And to be fair, we look really dangerous on set pieces still with, with Daniel's quality or Pew's quality. So I was convinced the first goal would come for a corner and with Burgoyne saving and they headed a couple over quite closely for corners. I think we added one down the other end where we had a sort of header that went wide, didn't we? Um, so corners were definitely looking like the way that a team was going to score. And in the end, no one scored from a corner. So there we go. It was a bit bit weird, really. Yeah, no, definitely. Totally agree with that, Glenn. Um, and then kind of before the end of the half, I thought Shrewsbury had a few good chances. Um, there was, yeah, a good chance of Pew, and then a good attack. And then there was this chance, an odd moment right at the end of That's the weird, half. Yeah. Um, and in real time, I kind of tweeted out, um, you know, was that a pen? And I don't know if you can remember that moment. Mm. No one else seemed to kind of comment or kind of say anything, but the manager yeah. did have to afterwards say that he he thought it was a, a handball. Yeah, of course Rick is moaning about not getting a penalty. That's his number one mission at the moment, is moaning at referees. He was a bit in the about referees in the paper this week, I don't know if you saw that, Ollie, about how he just wants honesty from referees and, and wants accountability, which I thought was a bit ironic considering he never gives any accountability to his decisions. Um, but we're being nice this week, Ollie. Um, that chance was mad. Yeah, it kind of went across the box. I didn't think it was a penalty or anything watching it in, in play. It looked like a guy sort of slid across the box to try and get a toe on it. Um, and it kind of you know hit his foot and sort of span and the backspin kind of made 
made it and took it away from. I think it was. Um, it wasn't Pew Back Post. It was Daniel's, yeah, wasn't it? Um, yeah, it was Daniel's. Um, oh, I just yeah, commentary himself said, at it. Said, yes, commentary said um, Pew, but I was convinced no, it was Daniel's. It was Daniel's. Yeah, but it almost felt a little bit like he just got wrong-footed by the spin, didn't he? If he'd have just kept going forward and thrown himself at it, he probably would have just tapped it in. But, you know, it was it was a bit unlucky, really. But, yeah, I didn't didn't think it was a penalty at the time. But, um, yeah, it would have been a bit harsh. He was sliding, wasn't he? But, um, yeah, it I don't know. these we days. Didn't... Yeah, <laughs> Anything well. Anything touches your hand is a penalty. Very um, true. So, yeah, so Cambridge, I think, were a bit lucky there. But I think, to be fair, a draw was probably fair at half-time. Yeah, I think the, the half for me was we started well in the first 15. They dominated up to the last five and then we were good in the last five minutes. We almost sort of bookended the half. Um, draw was almost certainly fair. Um, we were still playing quite deep, Ollie, weren't we, to be fair? You know, we, mm-hmm. we weren't getting out as much as you would like to see. And I guess that comes from the fact you've got a right um, a right wing back playing uh, as a midfielder. But, he, he, you know, he's not sure about that role. Um, Daniel's growing into it and, and still possibly not a full fitness. So I can understand why we probably weren't getting out as much. But there was a definite emphasis on, on kind of keeping what we had at nil-nil and you know, looking to nick goals like we've talked about under Ricketts before and at nil nil at half time away from home against what was an informed League Two team, you would have took that really, wouldn't you? Yeah, 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 you would have done um, coming into the game. Obviously the, the two players missing kind of obviously weakens them um quite a bit, I'd imagine. It was interesting actually talking about that kind of first half and how deep we were playing. Um James from the D three D four podcast was actually watching our game. Um he does quite a bit of work for League Two and stuff, so I think he was watching for Cambridge reason as well as well as watching Shrewsbury and he was commenting yep. on how deep we were playing um, and I was kind of explaining him to him that that's because we've had conceded so many goals over the counter attack. Yeah. Um, but playing that deep really does um, impact our play, doesn't it? And it means if we don't have a winner, we don't have a target man either. So it really relying on the front three to do something really special. Um, occasionally, um, our fullbacks did get forward, um, but but to be fair though. Um, it did actually work sometimes, didn't it? That um, Ado, Pew, and Daniels did actually link up quite nicely at times. Yeah, I think Pew was probably the standout for me in that yeah, first half. He, he looked he actually, good, actually, didn't he? He did look, he did look a quality player. Slow, but quality on the ball. Definitely, yeah, and, and definitely quicker than he's been in the first few games, and obviously he mm-hmm. lasted more than a, a half this time, which is good. So I think we are starting to see if he gets fit and, and can play every week at a, a level like that and even better. We, we will probably do better because he has obviously got some quality. Um, I don't know what, you know, maybe we were expecting too much in those earlier earlier performances. Um, but yeah, he looked he looked really good. Daniels is just lively, although, you know, as much as he was good and, and lively, I think the defence did quite well against him. So he'll have hard, he'll have hard chance, challenges like this starting for town, but if he keeps at it, I'm sure he'll, he'll find find his way through. Ado, yeah, hard worker, honest, just didn't really get the chances as usual, did he? No. We just didn't create a good chance for him. Um that he, he probably didn't he probably deserved it for his hard work really. Yeah, no definitely. So yeah, half time cup of tea, um and yeah, back at it um for the second half. Um and it was yeah a bit, bit a bit like the Burton first half really. Nothing really happened for the first kind of few minutes. And then all of a sudden um Cambridge are really sloppy in midfield. And they give the ball to Daniels. He kind of jogs forwards a little bit. <laughs> um, and I think this is a bit... I think the the, the uh, Mark Bonner, the Cambridge manager, will be quite frustrated with his players on this. Yeah. The, te- potentially maybe the best player on the pitch in, in terms of... And probably definitely the most famous um, player on the pitch. Um, they give him all the space and time in the world. He settles himself um, and absolutely yeah, fires it into the back of the, the net. Good strike. Yeah, he's, he's he's always had a long shot as well, hasn't he? Yeah. You know, he's he's always been known for that for sort of trundling up from the back and and having a crisp 
clear strike and that's exactly what it was it wasn't just a hopeful hit from range um it was a very very measured strike in some respects and um keeper had no chance it was right across him from from miles out and an absolutely brilliant goal to be fair and yeah you're right to say it was out of the blue you know they'd settled all right in those first couple of minutes and it was just a really lazy pass across their own box wasn't it that was just intercepted and it it wasn't great at all to be fair we did that a lot in the first half i thought us trying to pack from the back was a bit risky at times but um we got away with it they didn't we're one nil up and, and i thought Having watched how the game had gone and how people, both teams were struggling to score, and there wasn't you know a huge amount of chances, you, you always felt like the first goal would probably be enough um, to to win the game. And regardless of Walker's late goal, it was enough to win the game. They never they never really threatened too much in terms of the rest of the game, did they? Yeah, so, yeah. Nice to see Daniels get a goal like that, and uh, yeah, good, good. More, more, please. Yeah, more, please. Yeah, it was good. A really nice goal. It was yeah enjoyable to to celebrate a town goal. Yeah, um, yeah. I think yeah. Two kind of comments. Um, I'll do the I'll do the kind of the, the summary of a bit of this half. Then I thought Taron kind of didn't really try to score again. Not really. <laughs> didn't really throw many men forward. Um, we were quite defensive. Quite happy to let um, Cambridge pass the ball um, along their their lines. I thought their their most influential players were not as influential. And whether that was um, through um, them not being as effective or whether through us, um, I'm not sure. Maybe us being sitting back kind of stopped giving them any space. Um, but there was a lot of dead time wasn't there in the second half and just something that I kind of noted Glenn obviously we're playing this 5-2-3 formation um, and obviously when we had probably our greatest success playing um, with with three or five at the back we had Bobby Grant in the number 10 role didn't we yeah. Um, when we were in League Two under Mickey Mellon. And for me, I just felt, particularly in the first half, there was so much space in that number 10 area that either Pew or Daniels or someone or a Doe, maybe play as a false nine or something, I don't know. There's a lot of space there. So if we play this formation again, I think that space needs to be exploited a bit better. Yeah, we don't have a number 10 at the end of the day. Uh, well, Sam Baird maybe, and Edwards could play there. Um, sure. I don't know if he's fast enough or dynamic enough no. these days, but he's definitely... Has played number ten for Wolves. Yeah, um, and Wally's played there, and I'm sure. That oh, Pew... Wally, Wally, Wally. You put Wally on the wing and just yeah. keep it simple. But my point is, you could play some yeah. of our players out of position in that role. It just it never really works, doesn't it? You look. You're right to say that the Nolans and the McElhaney's and the Bobby Grants, those number tens that are a number ten, that's their primary role. They're always such a cut above in our games and our team. They always look good, you know. But all three of those players looked good for us, didn't they? And it always benefits to have an out and out number ten, you know, a Paul Edwards or whoever. But we haven't really got one, unfortunately. So we're going to have to make do. And maybe this tactic brings more out of us than, than yeah. having that. I'd like to see Zambia play there, though. I think if yeah, we maybe, do play it, and maybe, especially if we get Clark back, um, gives us gives some different options. Yeah. Um, I, I would say, though, that they, you know, I think it's that El Mazzuni they've got. Yeah. I mean, he kind of picked that role up in the first half. And I thought in terms of how much Cambridge had created in that first half and even into the second half before he got subbed, he was definitely kind of picking up the ball in that space and, and causing us more trouble than we yeah. were doing. In, in, and so you're right, you know, a number 10 when, when these two teams were matched up because they played five in midfield, didn't they? And, yeah, they did. Uh, that was interesting. But I, I would say one of the things I think in terms of stopping us scoring, Ollie, in, in this game was I think they had a guy called Boateng who's on loan from MK Dons. And to be honest with you, he looked a right player to me, I thought, in terms yeah. Of a, a defensive midfielder, but also someone could kind of stretch out with, with good legs. He looked a right player, and I, I think he kind of maybe had the best performance of all the midfielders. I don't think Edwards and Norburn required his level, although they they sort of ticked it ticked it over. But yeah, he looks a player. He did, to be fair. Yeah. So you know, see why Cambridge are doing well. They've got some talented lads. So yeah, I think it's worth talking about Cambridge now. Actually, so yeah, they got a few players that stood out. That El Mazzuni is on loan from Ipswich. Um, he really stood ah, okay. out. Um, Noyle, their right back. We could do with a right back. He looked really good. Um, and also <laughs> their right winger, um, Hannet, um, looked really good as well. Um, and yeah, clearly they're they they're very well um, organised and they've got some good players, as you say, Glenn. And you can see why they're doing well. 
Yeah, and they, they brought on Wes Hulham, which is a bit yeah. impressive as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's old, but a bit of experience in the dressing room, I'm sure. So, yeah, I can see them doing well this season. I think I'm sure that's why they've started so well. Even about their two best players, they looked a bit of a handful. But, um, yeah, I, I you know, I guess that was it in terms of, of the sort of match of other teams. But it, the second half, we'll, we'll get to the last goal in a minute. You know, it, it was such a weird half of football. We scored two goals in it and almost nothing else happened. I, mean, I think Harry made a couple of long-range saves and, and one half-decent save towards the end. Um, he, he came out and claimed everything in the air. Their keeper came down and claimed everything in the air. There was nothing really doing from mistakes from the goalkeepers. It was just a sort of... You've described it as dead time in the game, and I think that's yeah. a fair description. It was just nothing at all happening, really, and and it maybe was a bit of a pe- tactical battle, I think, as well. Yeah, um, among the teams, as you say, we were playing five across um, the back. They were playing five across midfield, um, but sitting back, we didn't give them much space to play. No. In. We didn't press them okay, and I think that's where I'd give the midfield a bit more credit, especially Norburn. He did press the midfielders when they had it. But to me, uh, yeah, it was one of those games where we sat back, and normally we'd lament that, but actually we didn't look under threat or, at no. all, really, for the rest of that half, and it was and it was working fine. So I yeah. wasn't that upset with it. <laughs> no, and I think um, yeah, on on Cambridge, um, typically they, they don't average that they, that many passes. They're quite a direct side, you know, team that normally mm. has two hundred something passes and normally quite direct. But actually, they pass the ball quite well. Um, so I don't know whether they thought, well, against the league one time, you're going to get a bit more time on the ball. Um, so, yeah, it was interesting. Interesting to see yeah. how Mark Bonham's getting on. He's, he's come through their, their own system, so he's been yeah, right. their own. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on. Hopefully they'll, they'll do well. And then I suppose we should just talk about the subs. Obviously, uh, Barnett came on to, to yeah. give us a bit of legs on the counter, which was a fairly good substitution at the time. I didn't didn't think that was a, a poor decision. Um, then he brought on uh, Ebanks with, I think, 10 minutes to go just to sh- sort of shore things up at the back and moved high into midfield, which, again, solid plan. Um, Ebanks won a few headers as the game went on, which was helpful. So, you know, having Ebanks, Williams and Pierre there defending a 1-0 lead away from him in the FA Cup, you, you, that's what you want, isn't it, at the end of the day, despite how they've kind of underperformed against League, league One teams. They should have been good enough to, to keep Cambridge out and they were and, and then actually, the last sub good point yeah, actually just while you're on Ebanks and maybe it's also maybe it's actually a bit of a psychological um, ploy by Sam Ricketts if not it's maybe just good fortune the Ebanks played and the team got a clean sheet maybe that will yeah. help yeah, that's true. True enough. We've been waiting one for one for a while, haven't we? And then the last sub was uh, a mystery man came on, a guy called Matthew Miller. I've never heard of him, <laughs> but he's been at the club a long time and Poor he's not bloke. played much football. But yeah, he managed to come on and and get a little run out on uh, on right wing back. So um, yeah, good to Talking see him. Talking about a mystery, we also had Goss. Oh on yeah, the bench. Forgot about that. Um, and yeah, we found out that it's the he's not in the twenty two man squad because of the salary cap rules and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, Goss isn't actually in the the league um, one squad which is a shame for him and also a shame for the manager because yeah clearly we've got like about a million goalkeepers <laughs> we've got um, two goalkeepers who can't play <laughs> yeah we've got too many goalkeepers obviously we've got quite a few injuries um, oh, and Christ. yeah quite a few injuries um, in, in, in defence of um, Sam Ricketts we've got quite four or five first team players out but yeah it's a shame he didn't come on I'd like to have seen Goss come on uh, maybe in mm. January I th- I, maybe we can resubmit the squad you assume you can um that we maybe will see him in the second half of the season. But yeah, I don't think he'll be fighting for player of the season and up until Christmas. <laughs> I feel like there's more of a way back for Goss now than there definitely is for Love. Because you've got to assume Love is also not registered in the squad. You, yeah. You've got to assume it because he's not played in the league, as he said. Yeah. Um, Someone said yeah. they saw him training at seven pitches or, or somewhere. Oh, God. Oh, no. Yeah. That's never a good sign for him. I imagine he's training. I don't know. I did ask that, um, Lewis if he could find out if, if he's training with the squad. Maybe he's Hope doing so. extra training uh, to yeah. keep fit for if whatever happens in, in January for him. 
Okay, well, so hopefully we can find it. And, and in terms of the bench, I say Wally was back as well. He didn't get on, but good to see he's fit as well. So some of these injuries are clearing up. So again, one of Ricketts' kind of excuses is sort of starting to drift away. You know, we've still obviously got loads of injuries, but um, yeah, no, we're getting some of these players back now. So when we get back to league football, you know, we'll probably have a couple more back by next Saturday and, and that excuse will be gone. But yeah, you know, good good to see Goss back on the bench. You know, hopefully, you know, it is an indication that he hasn't done anything horrendous. And, you know, for Ricketts to put him in for this game does show that he might still have a future, but obviously it ain't going to be till after January in the league. Which is, as you say, is an interesting thing. So, yeah. yeah in, ter- in terms of that, as I said, the game was petering out, going absolutely nowhere. Um, you know, defenses were, were on top for both teams, and then out of nowhere, um, having been unleashed into midfield from the substitutions, uh, Bradley Walker decides to to join the party and, and scores a worldie, doesn't he? Yeah. So Adoy um, gets the ball. <laughs> he goes forward, does a really nice bit of control, um, lays it up um, for Walker. Um, apparently, the manager was telling him to go for the corner. Um, and it set up perfectly for him, and yeah, he oh, absolutely it? blasted it. So yeah, went into the as you're looking at the goal, the top left. Um, yes, and it was yeah, just an absolute sweet strike. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those ones where it leaves your foot. He must have known it was in. He must have yeah. he hit it so crisply. And basically, Brad Walker only scores screamers, doesn't he? He, he does. only <laughs> he only scores. We should get a t-shirt made up for Brad Walker only scores screamers or something. But um, yeah, oh god, what a goal! To be fair, and maybe that should be the title of the pod: Walker only scores screamers. <laughs> There you go, it's not a bad idea. Um, to be fair, I thought you know it was a brilliant goal. It probably put a bit of a gloss on it uh, on the performance that maybe it didn't deserve. It was gritty, it was hard won, it felt like we probably deserved yeah. to win it 1-0. But a, a little bit of quality like that from Walker at the end is never to be sniffed at. Um, yeah. 2-0 looks like a reasonably comprehensive score that probably was closer than that, to be honest with you. Um, but yeah, we, we've done the job then, haven't we? We know we're in the next round of the Cup. And f- I have to say, the way the f- players celebrated that was pleasing to me, Ollie. They all run after Walker and there was a proper celebration there, you know, a bit of unity, something we've not seen in the league games for a while. So I think, again, just adds into that feeling that, and it, and maybe that's the thing under Ricketts, it's been consistent now across all the seasons that the players just play with so much more freedom in the FA Cup, don't they? That they yeah. do not play with um, in terms of, 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 the, of, the, of the league. I don't mean freedom in terms of their... A, 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 a tactical approach because they still were very very defensive I just mean there definitely seems to be the pressure off them in the league games and yeah. they, they seem to be enjoying their football more um, that's just my reading of that maybe it's not, not, not true but looks like it sometimes yeah no definitely there's some, definitely something psychological going on um, mm. with, with the players in the FA Cup um, yeah I describe this as a, a good result but not a great performance correct um, it was okay there were some positives to it um, yeah. I, I don't think we'd struggle playing this deep um, and trying to get men forward um, without Clark or Pike and target man, I think would struggle to to create chances. Um, we did create some chances in this game, but we created very little in the second half. Yeah. Um, so yeah, for me, I, this is not a tactic I want to see too regularly. Um, no, the manager did say that he's playing the team that he can with the players available. So obviously, mm. we'll we'll take him at his word for that. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how what we does over the next next few weeks in terms of formations and tactics. But I guess. Yeah, covered the game there, Glenn. Yeah, I've got into it was the a very quiet one. Round. Um, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who did you go for your top three? Uh, top three. So we haven't really mentioned him during this performance, um, but we, we really should now. And I wanted to sort of save it for for, for the top three. But yeah, Roshan Williams was absolutely class. He won every header. Um, he was coming out from the back with the ball at times. His passing was really accurate. Um, you know, a, a performance you know, more mature than his years, which we have said about Williams when he's at his best, haven't we? Quite a lot of times, he he really does look like he's he's ten ten years older than he is sometimes. And I just thought his all round game, um, the way that he helped the clean sheet come through, um, dovetail with Pierre and Walker across the whole game really nicely. I thought he 
was he was absolutely fantastic. So he was my man of the match. I gave Burgoyne second. Um, you know, some really that really two or three really good saves. Um, one outstanding save that kind of came at an absolutely vital moment in the game. But again, I thought his kick in, his overall play, his um, aerial ability was better than those other keepers that we had at the start of the season. I just think you know week on week he is definitely showing me that he should be starting, which is what I said last week, Ollie. And yeah, really impressive. And then third, I went for Walker. Um, you know, played out of position first half, didn't look out of position, and then strolls up and bangs one in from 30 yards at the end. So can't really ask for more than that. And and you know there are a few more in there with a shout this week as well, Ollie, which is nice because sometimes we've been scrabbling around for three good performances recently. Well, we've really so, struggled. Yeah, there's we've been really struggled at times to pick. Sometimes it's the hardest part of the podcast trying to pick three players that um, you want to give some praise to. Um, Pew's but, unlucky to miss out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There's, there's a few people that missed out this week. Um, this game um, I went for similar three but different order I went Williams yeah. first because as you said Glim, nothing else to add there really superb mm. and Walker um, and then Burgoyne um, yeah. yeah So and for me people say oh this is a great result great result I think the fact that Burgoyne is in our top three shows that um, he was busy um, you know deserved to be deserved a bit of luck um, but yeah um, he was busy and he did, but he did well so yeah, so was Williams, which is why he was in yeah. my top three. He had a lot of defensive work But I think do, Williams so. was good as well, as you said. His passing was brilliant. The Some of his passes he played were were absolutely sublime. Um, that long ranger to a doe that you yeah. put him in, that yeah. was really good. Yeah. yeah, if he plays like this more regularly, then he, he's definitely got that kind of championship potential and we've got to see it more consistently. Obviously, it is hard for him because he's playing in a team that's not doing very well. But yeah, keep mm. putting performances like that. Um, yeah, scouts will, will start to take notice. And then we normally do Sam Ricketts' comments. And recently I've been, you know, on tenterhooks listening to his interviews after these losses because we want to know what's going on sort of thing. But do you know what? It was one of those days where there's been so much pressure and stress this last few weeks and we've been stressing ourselves about covering all this on the podcast that after we won, we're tuning in the cup. I just went away. And I think a lot of town fans did. I suspect a lot of people just turned the radio off and thought, nah, it's time to enjoy this result actually yeah. after a bad few weeks. I, figure, I haven't listened to his comments. I haven't listened to him today, Ollie. I don't care. I'm, <laughs> I'm but sure I'll, you I'll cover it in a different way. So he Go looked relaxed, which was good. Um, yeah, he seemed but happier, um, and yeah, he seemed more relaxed, and he was he seemed pleased, and it was also nice, I think, for the media guys as well to be able to ask him some questions. So, yeah, um, <laughs> so we we've already covered the goss point, which I wanted to to kind of talk about, and also the players. Um, he talked about the attitude was really good, um, and yeah, that was it. Really, said basically in terms of preparing for the game, they only really had one day to work on the shape. Um, so that was a bit really. I think probably the main thing to t- take away is that he seemed quite calm and obviously quite happy with the result, which is good. Cause, Fair um, You know, yeah, he deserves a bit of luck, and yeah, he deserves deserves to enjoy that win. Yep. Well, everything went to plan this week, and let's yeah. hope that continues in some other well, games. Otherwise, this he's game, come back but yeah, I guess you'd draw him to Burns, not the, the best result. But I don't well, know. Well, no, no that didn't go game. to plan. <laughs> I mean, just this game, literally. Yeah. And I think we're we're gonna like leave the game there. And, yeah. and you know, after last week, we had quite a lot of positive feedback about doing a sort of question section and yeah. getting more people involved from reading their questions out and stuff like that. So we're gonna gonna go through to a question section now. But um, yeah, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll move on to that. It's another good delivery, and it's a second goal. Luke Waterfall is claiming the final touch. So a big thanks to everyone for all their questions. Yeah, so if you want to get involved in this kind of stuff, definitely follow us on Twitter. It's definitely the, the kind of, as I say, the happening place for kind of yeah. chats and stuff for um, Shrewsbury Town and banter and info, info at the moment. So thanks to everyone's questions. If we didn't get to it, we'll try and get to them. And there's a couple of questions we saved um, for another podcast. So we've had a tweet from Chris Hudson. And he says, good goal from Charlie Daniels yesterday. But who is the best left back we've ever had? Tommy Lynch or Tommy Lynch? 
Yeah, Tommy Lynch. <laughs> of course it is. You know, everyone loved Tommy Lynch, didn't they? Absolute legend when I was growing up sort of thing. And to be fair, we've had some good left backs since Tommy Lynch that would probably run him pretty close. Um, I'm sure that, you know, not everyone will agree, but I, I had a lot of time for Neil Ashton, Mark Tierney, Joe Jacobson, uh, Mickey Dimitri and Trevor Chalice, probably the five that stand out for me. Um, but even then, Tommy for me, he was a proper leader, wasn't he? A, a captain, um, material type bloke and just, you know, Tommy Nater and all of that sort of thing. He was a hard man. It, I, I quite liked Tommy Lynch growing up. His ginger hair as a kid stood out to me as well so yeah he was brilliant wasn't he to be fair I, I loved him yeah he was a good player but for me there's only one if you're saying like true oh. best yeah um, that's Mark Tierney um, in terms oh. of actual physical like in terms of actual football ability um, you know his, his passing his crossing um, his pace his strength all around play and he played in the Premier League so for me that, you're going to get lynched that's um, <laughs> that, that's that's final, I think. You're going to get Tommy lynched for saying that. You know, you can't speak against Tommy Lynch. That's disgraceful behaviour. To be fair, we are talking about these question, that question in the context of when we've been going. Because I, I did sure see Tommy very... Lynch, but yeah, I think in terms did, of yeah. best player, like I think for, for, for as a footballer, um, mm, okay. maybe that says more we about had... me what what kind of football I like as well. Yeah, we had some good left backs before Tommy Lynch as well, but it's before my time. So you know, if we'd have had an aid Plimmer or someone else on from a, a sort of more senior vintage, I'm sure they would have given us some few names as well. But yeah, it's it was interesting to see who's the best player in every position. We should maybe do a vote on that one day and, and see what people think. But um, yeah, interesting first question. I suppose that the second question, I'll, I'll throw this one to you, Ollie, because um, we talked about that game yesterday. Um, but Tom Griff sent us a, a question uh, on Twitter, and it was, "Is it okay to completely isolate this result in the context of the season so far?" Yeah, simply, yeah, definitely. Um, and I think that's the sensible way to do it. Just enjoy the FA Cup. Um, it's a bit of a, a light relief from the league. Um, so, yeah, just enjoy the game and, yeah, if you score a few goals. And, and that's that's the approach I took for Saturday. So, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, it was a bit of a stress reliever, wasn't it, to yeah. be fair? So, yeah, go on. So, a question from Chris Parker. So, Walker has performed every game, as has Josh Daniels. So, why have they not started more regularly? Yeah, it's an interesting, isn't it? That we've mentioned a few times um, that they've obviously Josh Daniels only played two or three games now, hasn't he? And um, he's starting to show his better form now. As Walker had been good in every game he played since the start of the season, I guess that it's very difficult for Ricketts to fit Walker in when he's got so many midfielders. Um, and even though he's performing really well, you know, some of them have got a bit more of a reputation. Maybe one of them is a, a club captain um, in Ollie Norburn, which is probably hard to dislodge. You know, if Edwards is back, does does Walker dislodge Edwards? Probably not. They're different positions, um, so it's been difficult for Walker to force his way in there. But I personally think he should be starting somewhere now he's he's been really good and a solid all-round footballer in two positions now and, and should should be starting so I'd like to think that this is the platform now for him to stake his first team place but I'm not Sam Ricketts am I it'll be interesting um, and in terms of Daniels yeah I think he'll probably find himself doing something similar you know he's just broken through now there's no reason to bring Wally in at the moment because Daniels is performing really well so I guess he might he might keep a place and Pew might keep a place and they'll get in there now so I think it's a good question you know why have they not um, been starting more regularly I think it's just because they're they're breaking through in terms of Daniels and Walker's just had to, to fight his way into his place so I don't think that Ricketts doesn't rate them or anything like that he's clearly giving them time now and they're both players that he brought into the club so nothing un- untoward there Ollie that's for sure and I think we'll see more of them now as the season progresses we've also had another question Ollie from uh, Ollie Dalton so it's Ollie to Ollie here he is actually Ollie STFC on Twitter so you could have done with that handle Ollie um, he's got how many rounds do we have to win before we pay off Ricketts in the FA Cup <laughs> So we'd like to guess how much Sam Ricketts is on. Um, but in terms of, so for winning that game, we get like 17k for, for the first round proper. Um, yeah. The losers get six. Um, the second round proper, you get 25k. The loser gets eight. Um, mm. So I'd suggest probably we need to go and win the third round because you get 82k then. So I think we okay. need to have a few Jumped more up. rounds to, if this is going to be a, a manager fund, yeah, we'd probably need to get through into the third, fourth round to, to, to pay that off. <laughs> 
I did see a few people saying, does he really realise the further we get in the cup, the more chance we have of kicking him out of being a manager? It's a bit of a bit of a poison challenge, really, in some respects. Yeah. But we'll take the money at the moment and we'll take going through to the second round. Um, so, yeah, go on. What's the next question, Ollie? Yep, so Florence Salopius says, will we ever see 4-3-3 again? Um... Not for a while, I reckon. I think my view, and this is just my view, I've watched Shrewsbury Town and Sam Ricketts for the last two and a half years, is he he will give the five at the back a go for a good shift again now, particularly as we've you know had had a gritty home win in not the best performance, but we didn't lose and we've gone away and won somewhere with it um, and scored two goals. I think he'll he'll see that as progress as much as it has been hard to watch, um, and I, I think he'll stick with the five at the back. What he does in front of that five, Ollie, I think will be a bit of a movable feast as players get injured or come back. So I don't quite know what five something something it'll be, but I'm convinced we'll be playing five at the back for a while now. Next question for you, Ollie. Then Steve Proctor. Um, he said, do you feel Harry Burgoyne has effectively laid claim to the keeper's jersey? This is a really tough one. Um, mm. I think you know his performance um, on Saturday was really, really good. Obviously, he had a clean sheet. Um, I do feel, though, that um, for, for Harry, that the manager will put in one of the goalkeepers when they're fit. Um, oh. While obviously Harry's done really well, um, you know, you don't bring in a goalkeeper on loan from a big club unless you've got plans to play them. So... Maybe mm. maybe he'll be able to keep his face. He's definitely in a stronger place now, I'd say. Um, yeah. I don't think he will, though. I think one of the other goalkeepers are back from injury. I'll interject on this one. We're normally leaving these questions to each other, but it is a risk, isn't it, to dick around with the goalkeeper again now once it seems to have settled down a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Like, you know, if he's in the one that's in goal now for the next two or three games or so, he's played five games at the back consistently with five defenders. They've got used to it. It is a bit of a risk to mess your keeper around again and, and, and introduce a bit more of a of an element of, of mistakes, isn't it, I suppose? But yeah, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I hope he keeps it, Ollie. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, <laughs> um, so Dirk's fade away asked the next question. He said, Sam Ricketts has now changed tactic and recruited for his new ideas. So what happens when Charlie Daniels, Pugh and Miller leave in January? Was it sh- Is this short-termism from the manager? I suppose there's, there's two answers to that question, isn't there? Miller's definitely going to go back, isn't it? Because he's got a club to go back and play for in Australia. Um, so his loan will definitely expire and, he, and he'll go away. But is there a chance that Charlie Daniels or Pugh stay here if no one's interested? Um, who knows? Maybe Pugh. I could see him staying, potentially. I, I suspect Daniels might get a better offer from somewhere. Maybe there's an outside chance we can keep Pugh. What happens in January? What happens in January is the same thing that happens every January. We're scrabbling around for more players, trying to fill gaps in the squad from an unbalanced squad we built in the summer. It happens every year, Ollie. Um, so we'll go out and we'll get more loan players in or we'll get some half-year contractors in to, to do a job. You know, We'll need another winger. We'll probably need another left-back. So that's what'll happen. Ricketts will be back into the transfer market trying to, trying to plug gaps. Um, so it is short-termism, and it might just about get us through to January without being in a horrendous position, but it will definitely be looking for new players in January. Yeah, yeah we've got to get a few yeah. out, haven't we? We have certainly, Ollie. Um, and then, yeah, last question for you then of these ones we've got this week. Um, the Killy Shrew View uh, sent a message on Twitter. Um, so he's put Ipswich, Lincoln, Hull, Wigan, Donny away, and Sunderland and Charlton at home in seven of the next ten. Christ. Um, what would be an acceptable turnaround of points to keep Ricketts on, or should the change be made before it's too late? So, yeah, another Ricketts out question, but that run coming up is horrendous, Ollie. It's Yeah, there's almost like two sides to this. <laughs> so, like, what do we expect to get, or... You know what? What's kind of feasible? We'd say maybe I don't know beating Wigan, and maybe getting a draw from one of those one of those few games. Um, but from yeah, from six seven games, only talking about four points. That's Oof. that's that's big relegation. Um, that's big problems. Yeah, it is. So 
Yeah, we talked about it on the last podcast when I looked at the fixtures and they were a lot worse. <laughs> That's literally the first time I'd looked at them. Um, but yeah, I think it was right for, for Kelly to kind of point out that December's a tough month. So whatever happens, December's going to be halved, a hard month for the town. Mm, mm, it is, to be fair. I I don't know. I, I To me, if you if he lasts 10 more games, which I doubt, to be honest with you, in my view, um, if he lasts 10 more games and... Uh, We've won one league game in ten, haven't we? Basically, in the first ten, he's got to win at least two. You know, he's, he's got to show some progress, and that's like a minimal expectation, to be honest with you. But yeah, I'd like to see us start to win more than one game in the next ten. If if he if somehow he's held on until the end of November, early December, and we've only won another game in the next ten, he, he, there's no, I, I can't understand how the club wouldn't sack him. But we shall see, Ollie. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors, do we? But um, there we go. Cool, cool. So yeah, that was the end of the question. So thanks, guys, for yeah, putting cheers. those in. Um, so yeah, predictions, Glenn. So. Yeah, um, you oh. went for a loss. I went for a draw. Neither of us were mm. right. We're a two. Yep. Um, yeah, we're, we're a bit too negative potentially. Um, so um, yeah, who who we got on Saturday and and what we what what's the prediction? Uh, well, we got the uh, the Papa Jan's Papa Jan's Pizza Trophy or whatever the hell it is on Tuesday, which I couldn't care less about. But you were going to do us your two minute review of that next week. On well, the I don't podcast, think I'm going to watch yet. Like, <laughs> like I said before, add. I wasn't going to watch. But um, yeah, I'll see how I feel on Tuesday. But you pay your £10, yeah, pound, Ollie. Crew, <laughs> I'm not sure. But yeah, Saturday um, at home to Swindon um, is an absolutely ginormous football game. So yeah, yeah, their manager has left and has gone to Salford. So he's reunited with his mates um, as Richie Wellens. Um, so, but uh, as we said before we started, Clint, do we? You know, losing your manager um, can sometimes have odd impact on players. Mm. Um, so Swindon sit ahead of us in the table, most people are. Um, they've got two points more than us. Um, and yeah, they've conceded 18 goals, um, which is quite a few, um, and they scored 13, which isn't very many from nine games, but it's still five more than us. Um, so yeah, this is going to be a tough game, I think, against Swindon. It might be. The Your positive mate Grant is... is back as well. Yeah, the po- well, a Grant winner in the 90th minute and him doing a dentist chair celebration in the corner would probably be pretty <laughs> hilarious, to be honest with you. But um, yeah, <laughs> wonder if he did ever get his teeth fixed. But um. They didn't do very well in the FA Cup yesterday, Ollie. I don't know if you noticed. They lost at home to Darlington, who were pretty much down the leagues nowadays. They're not a league club anymore. I think they're below the conference. I think they're conference Yeah, North, they lost lower. 2-1. Lost 2-1 at home, yeah, which is a terrible result. I have no idea how or who they played. They may well have rested players for it all I know. Awesome. That could be worse for us, couldn't it? Because their players will... It's a bit embarrassing yep. to lose to a non-league side. It is a bit embarrassing, and um, I'm pretty sure, yeah, they they oh they've got a, 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 a trophy game this week as well, so they will have to play some players um, on Tuesday. They're playing Forest Green away, so interesting. Yeah, they got Brett Pittman still, who was one of those players that does pretty much always yeah. score against us. Not quite Paddy Manor level, so we'll have to watch out for him. But yeah, it's going to be a tough game. But I don't know. It's... <laughs> It's it's difficult to predict a win because we very rarely win back to back games under Sam Ricketts. That's the one thing to remember here. You know, we've had these moments of, of wins in FA Cups and stuff, and our record after winning FA Cup games is god awful under Ricketts. Like we've almost lost or drawn every game, to be honest. So I don't know. The the the, the runes are not great for a victory, but I don't know. I I, I kinda think that I don't think that Dan Doe goal the other week was a turning point, no. but um I get the feeling that this Swindon game, if he's gonna have a turning point, this will be it. It needs to be a win. I think somehow he might fluke us something using this tactic, having a couple of players back, playing a team that are not great as well. So I'm, I'm going to go for us to, to just sneak something in 2-1 um, just to make him last a bit longer, I think. I don't think they would sack him after that. And I think that then he goes into this big run and that's it then. It's make or break. You get some points against these better teams or you're off, mate. I think it's going to be a dour draw. Uh, you reckon? I think if, if I had to choose one team to win, I'd go for Swindon. Um, but I'd go for a, a one or draw. 
dear, dear. Last question today, then, before we before we wrap this one up, nice and short for once. Um, if we drew against Swindon at home on Saturday, is that curtains? Do you think from from the board? Like we know what we think. We both think he should go either way. But do you think that's like we're obviously waiting for something to be bad enough for him to get sacked on Saturday? Then what do you think that would have to be? I think I think he needs to win. You reckon? Yeah. Unlike Burton. So, yeah, he couldn't get away with the draw again. I don't think so. I think the performance would take an mean, can impact as well. I think mm. the, I'm think i not sure if the FA Cup will come into Brian and the chairman's than the board's thoughts. Um, but I think, I think a loss at home to Swindon, particularly a poor performance one, um, with some weird substitutions and playing Pierre <laughs> at front and stuff, that can't help. Um, no. So, yeah, for me, I think, I don't know if you think any different to that. I yeah I don't know I honestly don't know I think maybe you could get away with another draw for the moment because of the FA Cup win but it's very hard to tell isn't it we just don't know how the club are thinking about all these things they clearly know how fans feel but they're clearly not paying any attention to the outrage there was over that that bad five game run so we'll, we'll have to we'll have to see but it definitely unfortunately we have a nice comfortable podcast talking about a win FA Cup it's nice to isolate ourselves in that bubble but I totally agree with what you said to Tom Griff's question once we get back to next Saturday we're not in that bubble we're back in the sort of crisis zone as far as I'm concerned um I don't even care if we win in the week at the end of the day this game is huge and we're going to have a lot to talk about next week yeah. so yeah. yeah I think that's a bit shorter podcast so hopefully that will yeah, give me a bit of time um, back <laughs> um, so yeah um, thanks for listening guys um, been a pleasure as always and um, yeah we'll be back again next week <laughs>